mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-Z. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the End Times Continue, recording on this, the 19th of February. Boy, howdy. You ready for the song to cut off quickly? I still haven't fixed the compression. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to talk over and pretend it's, you know, not cutting <laughs> I am Dino, and you are. <laughs> and I am Ace. <laughs> no, you see, when we have technical difficulties like that, we can just chalk it up to the end times are continuing. And yes, exactly. You know, things are degrading, and this is just a part of the experience. We're trying to give you, the listener, an immersive experience. Yeah. <laughs> things, are, things are a little crunchy. What do you expect in the, in the end times? Yeah, exactly. Right. It would be wrong if it wasn't. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, what have you been up to, man? Oh, not much, not much. Uh, preparing, uh, I was preparing, um, I, I, I haven't played D&D in a while. I ran a D&D game like a couple months back, or like uh, I think two months back now at this point. And I'm getting into that, so I like, uh, in my free time, I was like consumed with like, oh, coming up with, I'm, I'm playing a new, uh, it's it's not five, for people who are in the know in D&D, it's not like tr- a traditional D&D game. It's like, um, um, it's called Delta Green. Uh, is the, the the sort of the like the um, system kind of the game? It's a system, yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it's a system and a lore. It's like kind of like Lovecraftian, uh, like that. So I was uh, cool. getting busy over the weekend getting into that. Oh right, well that's that's very cool. I uh, yeah. I have not had time to do really anything. I went on the other evening. <laughs> I went on to get to at least level ninety eight on the on the seasonal from destiny Two, have you played the final mission i did yeah i did i meant to bring it up off the show i've, I've totally forgot uh-huh, when, yeah. when when we first started the call but yes i did if it was incredible destiny players, we won't spoil it for you uh, oh yeah no but it's amazing it's really good it's the end really of the seasonal event. story is so good um yeah. and then yeah so i'm just i'm just I, I i got that little chunk done and outside of that it's just been studying and and trying very hard to not feel terrible going into going into the bards this week so we were talking about before the show i don't think there's anyone who uh like feels like comfortable and good before a test um i, I kind of think you're probably a psychopath if you, yes. you're like oh i'm totally cool and yeah and it's gonna be awesome no, no yeah <laughs> if you go into this test feeling good you're not gonna do well i've learned that like multiple people have said that where it's like if you go into this feeling confident it means you don't know what you don't know right and yeah, and exactly. you're not you're not gonna do well right so it's an interesting thing but there's a there's a weird sort of push and pull because all of the advice is like if you're if you're studying and you're doing what you're supposed to do you should feel kind of confident because you're probably going to be fine but mm-hmm. on the other hand <laughs> <laughs> but in any case um Oh, you know, we, uh, uh, we're we're going to talk about the Jimmy Carter thing here in a second, but we we were talking yeah. also before the show about the uh, about the the uh, the AI voice stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. He's talking about Destiny. Brought it up. Brought it to mind. Um, the 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 we talked about it before, but I, it's smoother to go this way. So the um, <laughs> if I don't fucking ruin it. So the uh, the 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 AI voice stuff. We've we've been we've been watching these videos. Uh, 
you and I independently, I think, have yeah. been watching these videos yeah. of the presidents playing video games. <laughs> and there's a there are incredible ones out there. Um, the the and and the the, the thing that that I like, but first of all, it's hilarious because the, yes. <laughs> the AI voice stuff is good enough that it's like, it's sort of convincing. It's, yeah, no, it's very good. It's very good. It, it, it's, it's like, you know, a top tier impressionist uh, really. And that really like yeah. immerses you into it. Yeah, it really it's usually is. Like the problem with, the problem with AI text and AI voice is that you could all, even, be, even a while back, you could have AI voice that sounded really good, but it couldn't string words together in a believable manner. Right. right? How um, one word goes now, into the next is where the seams yeah. obviously were yes. in the system, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. And now those have seemingly been improved upon, and it's it's really good. But uh, go ahead. Yes, greatly. Well, uh, no, what, what I was actually going to, to your point, um, I think the only places where it can be a little weak now is in places like weird inflections that people have. Like, only sometimes, uh-huh. but you know they should have right. it based on what they just said. So, like, the right. way that Donald Trump ends sentences, for example, uh-huh. um, is wrong the way that the AI does it. Because it doesn't right. pick up on those little inflections that you know he would use there, but, uh-huh. but the AI doesn't know that. Um, that that's, yeah. that's the only place, really, that you can kind of see the, the seams. Yeah. But the, the they are becoming increasingly convincing. Was, was really funny. Oh, it's Kino. It's great. Uh, yeah. That the he's just arguing during King's Fall. <laughs> <laughs> but what what I wanted to kind of actually ask you about is: Do you think what effect as this stuff gets better? Um, and not just not just AI voice stuff, but I think AI voice stuff in particular, but. Mm. Not just that, but also deep fake stuff and things like that. Do you think we're going to oh, yeah. see, um, is there going to be an end to the sort of cancel culture thing as a result of the fact that we're not going to be able to trust anything? Yeah, that I, I thought about this a lot, actually. I don't know if we'll ever see like an end to it necessarily, but I certainly think that it will a lot more people will have to be on guard about it because like for example right this is something i believe will 100 percent happen in the future uh someone will try to cancel someone for someone and then that the person who's trying to be canceled or is going to be canceled will then make a deep fake or an uh, an ai voice of the person the, the people who are trying to cancel them and m- make them say horrible shit or something and then see it be like see look you did this too and then it creates yeah. this whole big drama um I, I can for sure see that. And I think that'll probably, as you said, give people more pause, at least um, about the whole issue. I think it's going to um, be it difficult has, you know, to try and cancel yeah. somebody without more evidence than just one person's word. Exactly. Exactly. And it's also going to be like, you know, think of like the legal ramifications uh, where like perhaps, um, you know, sometimes certain videos or um, certain pieces of audio um, will have to be uh, like checked very neatly. Um um, before like being brought into evidence and like what type of things can be brought into evidence. Um, yeah. You know, in the future fabricating yeah. something somebody says and trying to pass it off as real is, yeah. I would think defamatory. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me would give rise to a legal cause of action, especially, I mean, even if the person's a public figure, the the person who made the thing originally knew it was fake because they made it. Mm-hmm. So, so the actual malice is not a problem in that situation. 
Like you can meet mm-hmm. that standard easily. I'm wondering when we're going to see things like that. When are we going to see people taken to court for deep faking something and trying to pass it off as real? Like obviously the the president's playing video games thing is hilarious and it's right. a meme and it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But it's not. And it, but it's not trying to be convincing per se. Right. Exactly. Yeah, everyone going in knows it's a joke and it's funny. Exactly. This this never happened. Everyone knows this never right. happened. But the first time somebody makes something and tries to pass it off as real, like really tries to pass it off as real. Um yeah. when does that when does that give rise to legal issues? Right. Yeah, I I I think um it's probably sooner rather than later. Um I mean, that's, you know, that's easy to say because I'm not committing to it like a hard time frame. But so, oh, sure. uh, you know, the way uh, technology uh, is exponential, um, I, I certainly think that we're vastly approaching that that point. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened to a large degree already. I think it probably will soon. Um, well, the deep fake thing, people who make deep fakes like to monetize them, like think about the mm-hmm. the the old Keanu Reeves videos that the corridor guys made. Um, right. Yep. They were very clear that they were fake. Yes, they were. There was they did not try to convince you this really happened. They if you read the description, mm-hmm. they they said it was a deep fake like they they, they they weren't trying to pass it off as real. Right. But the, but I could see somebody maybe making a Tucker Carlson deep fake and using an AI oh, yeah. voice system to make him say something that he never actually said. And he would take him to court. I mean, that, that, I've already seen that. I've already seen people do that to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Well, right. So it it seems to me that it seems to me that if something happens that's damaging mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. someone's absolutely taking somebody to court over this. Yeah, I, yeah. So it, it just the way technology is going to progress, right? Because like you never know like what exactly is going to exist in a hundred years from now. But if you look at the technology we have now, most technology in a hundred years is going be some type of outgrowth of the technology we have right now oh yeah you can kind of guess you can kind of have some type of educated guess well it's the same thing that like star trek did when they when they predicted the flip phone it's like we have we have certain technologies now that we recognize and and this is where we think it might go and sometimes they're wrong and sometimes they're right it's a little scattershot but but they did it they they did guess they did know the flip phone was going to (laughs) happen yeah (laughs) right exactly so you can I, I certainly think that there are going to be probably a lot of issues with this and it's going to like have to people are going to have to reorient like just how they interact with technology itself, because you know, especially with a lot more people being public figures. I, I don't mean that in like a you're a star sense. I mean, just that you are in the public space and not anonymous. right? Yes. Um, something like that. Something like you're you're on Twitter and your full legal name is there and everything like that. Um, things, things of that nature, people are going to have to be a lot more careful about that. And I hope, uh, you know, being more careful, careful is going to make people more suspicious of just uh, accusations in general. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of people will see an accusation, um, and immediately either assume it's true or the opposite where they just won't believe it at all. Right. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I lean towards, I, I, of the of the accusations without evidence, I would uh, I would prefer people not believe them at all if I had to choose one. But um, I, I I think that people should just like withhold judgment. Um, yes, when, like accusations are going on. Yeah, and I, I think they'll be incentivized to. Yeah, yeah. Because as as you more people happen to them too. Oh yeah, as, you know. As, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. Like uh, the 
Like, for example, and we talked about it in the Justin Roiland texts and stuff. That, that, those mm-hmm. were, uh, as a, as a, as a group of things, as part of a collection of evidence that was all coming out at the same time, there, there's really no reason to fake them, but someone could, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be shopped together. No problem. Easily. I so hearing conspiracy theories about like. Um, how the government would use technology in the future to, like, use holographic images to, like, fake an alien invasion or something, or some type of war or cataclysmic event. Huh. Um, uh, things like that. It's like a power grab type thing. Um, things like that, right? So it's very sci-fi, very out there, but I won't, I wouldn't put it past them. No! You know, I, I, I can't say what type of thing they would try to fake, but the fact that I believe they would try to fake something in order to grab more power, I absolutely believe that is uh, plausible. Yeah. <laughs> of, of their motives. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it wouldn't surprise me a bit. I just don't know, I, I just don't, just like that, I, I, I don't know what I don't know how that's going to affect the fact that uh, like you could never trust everything you saw on the internet already. Mm-hmm. But at this point, these right. tools are getting so available that, that it's, it's one of those, yeah. you can't, you really can't trust everything you see on the internet. If there's a video of Tucker Carlson talking about sexy M and M's, I only know it's probably real because he's <laughs> done it before. But if that were to start yeah. coming out tomorrow, I have no way of knowing yeah. he actually did that. Yeah. If so, if I never actually like if this technology had been around for years and I just and I had never encountered that video beforehand and someone showed me that video, um, I would believe it was a deep fake. Yeah. I would believe this is an AI gen AI voiced deep fake video because it seems uh, insane. But no, he, but no he, he is actually horny for the green M&M. So, you know, I, I that is a real thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's upset that he can't be anymore. That's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His childhood was stolen from him. Yes. <laughs> this, this damn, damn corporate America. His whole his me. whole fetish for heels is ruined now because the green M and M is in Converse. Yeah. <laughs> we used to be a country, a real country. I saw something too. Have you seen this? Is I did not even bring this up beforehand, but it makes me. It, it, you were talking about the government making shit and faking things and. And have you seen the commercials for this new show, The Company You Keep? No, I don't think so. There's a new show coming out. Okay, you know the CIA did a, did a rebrand a few years ago, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did a, this massive rebrand. They're trying to seem hip and modern. They really want sort of zennials, like, like uh, old Gen Z, young millennials, to think about going in and working for the CIA. And we're, we're yeah, a hip, cool, hip diverse cool. workplace. Yeah. Yeah, and now we let gay people murder other people. Yeah, other exactly. Now. now we're now we're cool. <laughs> now we can kill democratically elected politicians. Yeah. You can do that while being trans. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> Much progress, very well. <laughs> so they did this whole like hip, fresh rebrand and stuff, and now just a couple of years after that, there's this new show. It's an ABC show called The Company You Keep, and it's like this cool badass uh, girl boss CIA agent who's like, it's like Alias, but for 30-year-old women. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm seeing the commercials and stuff for it, I'm like... No, do what? I'd like to see where the funding for that show came from. Oh, you want you know where it fucking came from. I know where it came came from. (laughs) <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> because it's so weirdly in line with their rebrand. Uh-huh. And, and they made a podcast, too. Is that still going? Is their podcast still going? Oh, God, I, I have thought. no idea, but wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? I haven't even looked at that podcast since we talked about I it on the show, but, but wouldn't it be great if they had, like, an interview with the showrunner or something on the CIA oh podcast? Oh, oh, man. Yeah, this fucking, this thing, if you watch the commercials for it, dude, it is slick. It is very much in line with their rebrand. It is, it's, it's, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a cool girl boss CIA agent. And I, I definitely don't kill democratically elected leaders in, in brown countries. <laughs> All of this is always so cringe to me. Like, ignoring the fact that, you know, it's the CIA and they're obviously, you know, allegedly cold-blooded murderers. Allegedly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, you know, it's like, it's very much a how do you do fellow kids moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's. Oh yeah. Well, there's I mean there there are NGOs that are contractors for the um there's something this is this has been talked about in the past on the No Agenda show. I think you could probably find this if you if you dug through some of their show notes, some of their archives. But there are these weird NGO sort of contractors that work as a go between between production companies and organizations like the CIA. In order to write oh, yeah. storylines for television programming. Oh yeah, and this is not some conspiracy theory. This is well documented. No, no, no this is real. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. talk about it. There are, there are, there are, uh, like practically. I, I think actually one of them is a TED talk with one of the guy who works there, and he's talking about yeah. like we had, you know, last year we had twenty five storylines go to air that were. In in these type of shows I, and about these type of government agencies, and they're they're yeah, a go between I mean, uh, between the two. Call of Duty stories, uh, campaigns, uh, they they do this. Like, this is an actual oh, yeah. thing they do, uh, where they, con- they consult uh, with CIA and military uh, in regards to the campaign and the story narratives, right? Well, that's uh, one of the things that's interesting about working with the Pentagon as a production company is that they have final say on presentation. So, like, if you if you're if you're trying to contract with the Pentagon to actually get access to a flight sim or get access to, mm-hmm. uh, a, you know, a, an F-18, whatever it is you're trying to get access to to film, if you work with the Pentagon to do that, it's way easier to do that. But they get final say on presentation. And so you can't make right. you couldn't make like an anti-war movie that's like honest and 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 dark and, and presents the United States military in a negative light. Um, mm-hmm. while having access to the Pentagon and all their shit. You can't do it. Right. Right. <laughs> and these organizations exist to, like, write storylines on behalf of the government for production companies. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and you pointed that out with, with the Call of Duty. That's, that's some of them have worked yeah. on that. And they do, like, for television shows. And, and so this, yep. the company you keep thinking reeks, reeks of propaganda. <laughs> Like there's a there's the stupid girl boss uh, voiceover in one of the trailers that I saw, where she's like she's talking about how I'm I, my name's uh, whatever Sally Bojangles and I'm a CIA agent and then it's just like a like a montage of cool shit. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, so don't watch like, that. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I just, 
when those types of shows, like even if we were, were to completely disregard that the, the you know the CIA involvement, those types of shows where it feels like they're just doing the most shallow, cynical appeasement all of all time, I I don't understand how people can watch that and get enjoyment from it. Oh yeah, uh, it, it's just it it feels like you're being talked down to. Like, the show is insulting you every time it's on type deal. You know what I mean? Where it's just, like, uh, just the most cynical uh, way to present your ideas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, I dropped one of the trailers in the chat here. I'm going to pull it up on the okay. soundboard so we can listen to the audio to it. Because I want to I okay. play this. It's, it's so... It's so bad, dude. It's so bad. Someone you're lying to. Okay, here the trailer begins. As agreed. I'll need to confirm the funds. Okay, it's on the transfer of ownership, and we are... Chopper, we gotta go. Someone's selling secrets, apparently. Put a little too much mustard on that one, Pop. What? Got to commit to selling. We just pulled off the biggest job of our lives. Great timing on that chopper, right? Jesus Christ, dude, this is terrible. So there's a there's obviously a setup sting thing. They're they're pretending to sell state secrets. It would seem to uh, to some of the, and then the FBI roll in and arrest people. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is terrible. Did you get it? Of course I got it. Back of martini, extra dirty. Did he pickpocket the FBI agent? What a racket. A shell game to conceal who you really are. <laughs> what the fuck? So, what do you do? I'm a yoga instructor. You? I'm a pageant queen turned rocket scientist. Jesus, this is terrible, dude. <laughs> this is really bad. I can't play the rest of it. The show is 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 being ruined. <laughs> <laughs> this is fucking horrid. But it's got this stupid like it's it's it it's it's very it's tonally very much the rebrand. Yes. Like she's a like she's a diverse Asian CIA agent who's a girl boss and and uh, and just it's ugh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is like whenever this is the same thing like corporations do whenever, you know, there's some type of like cultural, um, like, like, like either whether it's like Black History Month or uh, Pride Month or something like that. Right. Uh, and corporations pander when you know they don't really give a shit. They oh, truly yeah. don't. And they do it just because, one, they're either trying to gain monetary capital or social capital. Uh, those are the two reasons why they do these things uh primarily and it always feels so cynical because it is yeah it absolutely is it's the it, it is just it, it's gross dude and it smells yeah. it just reeks yeah. of yeah. propaganda it's it is the right. worst Ugh. and they keep they keep pushing it like they're pushing it really hard i've seen these yeah. i've seen this trailer before every fucking youtube video this week um, oh anytime I've thrown one on, they're, they're really, really pushing this stupid show. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's going to do well because just watching that trailer, it's like, boy, this, this is yeah. bad. I always wonder, like, 
and I, I'm obviously not the target audience, so you know, and I, I don't know anyone who is the target audience for this. No, uh, so <laughs> it's not my, it's not really my place to speak on it. But like, I always wonder like how these shows that look so shitty to me keep being watched and obviously go for seasons. Uh, it's oh, like, yeah. it's really incredible. It's like there's so many shows on like the CW. It's like how are you still alive? What what happened? Like how are you going? Where is your money coming from? Oh I yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing, and I was watching, and there was this conversation around the Velma show when that came out, um, oh, yeah. about like how much of people watching shows is from hate watching, and I think the answer right. is not much because shows are for general audiences, and general audiences are not online autists. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. General audiences want to they they want to come home come home and sit down in the in the Lazy Boy. And watch something on primetime television that's yeah. entertaining and then go to bed. Like, they're not, they're not thinking right. about who's producing that. They're not thinking about that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I, I, think, I think general audiences drive the viewership of these things. It's why Velma was somewhat successful is because general audiences mm-hmm. didn't care about the complaints right. that people who are autistic and very online had about it. Right. Yeah. And it kind of seems like, because that's it's a lowest common denominator thing. I mean, that's why Marvel, that's why, like with Marvel movies and stuff, I can't, I can't really watch them anymore. I've, I see The Matrix, it's the, the, the big story they were trying to tell is over. I don't really mm-hmm. care. Anytime they try to introduce new characters, it's the same formula. It's it, it, like, uh-huh. it, you, it, it ruins it um, when you can see through it. But right. I think general audiences don't think that hard about it. Right. So it's just it's just a ugh, just seeing this yeah. like the whole the color grading of the show mm-hmm. is is they're trying to do like a John Wick like neon yeah. pops of color type of thing in some places. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's really fucking bad. Somebody made a bad choice with this. I don't know why that came up. It's just I, I was I was reminded of it. I think I might have seen a hashtag go by on my screen or something like that. But it's it's really 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 bad, and it's obviously produced by the CIA. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it just fits with their rebrand too well. Um, ABCIA. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Okay, so there was another... Oh, Jimmy Carter. (laughs) We were supposed to talk about that first. Yeah. Uh, So Jimmy Carter has gone into hospice now. Um, So we're um, we're going to lose Jimmy Carter before Henry Kissinger, and I am upset. God damn it. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, Jimmy Carter's no angel. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, oh yeah, I didn't mean to frame it like that. No, 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 no. no, Henry Kissinger seemingly is uh, going to be the last man standing here. Yeah. Uh, And... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Carter. There was a... There was an interesting... um, I think Scott had a tweet about him in response to Kinsella. Uh, Let me see. I think it was pretty... Like today, pretty recent. Um, yeah, I think I retweeted. Uh, let me scroll back through my timeline. Yeah, here it is. Uh, 
Stephen Kinsella said, everyone loves that empty shell Jimmy Carter. I love the answer. He's so fucking, he just goes, goes in every time. <laughs> yeah, Kinsella has always had a hundred whenever, you know, like whether you agree or disagree with what he's saying, he's always like full throttle. He really time. is. And it causes him to attack people all the time who are like not yeah. really even disagreeing with him. I know. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's like always on edge, like guns pointed in every direction. Exactly. <laughs> Um, everyone loves that empty shell Jimmy Carter. I love the anti-war types to chronicle how many deaths he's responsible for during his presidency. Uh, he claimed the U.S. never killed anyone under his reign. Hard to believe. Scott Horton retweets it and said he backed the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, uh, greenlit Saddam's invasion of Iran as part of his Imperial Charter Doctrine, or Imperial Carter Doctrine, I'm sorry. So he was not the worst killer of our time, but he's got the ball rolling on the whole damn terror war. Which, yeah, <laughs> seems about right. <laughs> I mean, it's a low bar, but out of the the recent like uh, five or six presidents, he was probably the least uh, bad as far as that goes. But as Scott said, of course, uh, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very low bar. If it's you go back to if you imagine. go back to like 1950, he's probably one of the least bad ones. Yeah, out of all, and again, that is. Um, uh, a low bar. We're not defending Jimmy Carter, but no. uh, you know, it, relatively speaking, I think that's true. Yeah, uh, but yeah, still, he he his whole thing where it, it, it Scott pointed out Scott Horn. We're talking about by the way for anyone who's not uh, in the know. Um, uh, yeah, as Scott Horn pointed out, it, it it's like yeah, he didn't maybe he didn't necessarily. Uh, do anything uh, himself or authorize anything himself, but he he certainly by proxy supported horrible uh, human rights violations. Yeah, uh, well, the the Mujahideen thing is an especially uh, sort of effective point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this tweet goes out to the brave fighters of the Mujahideen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, so yeah. he's you know it's not the it's not he's not the worst loss. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Him, him going before Kissinger is just, there's no fucking justice. <laughs> so yeah, I, I also, I wanted to say something too about this. Um, obviously not defending Jimmy Carter, of course, but there, um, I, I've grown up around, uh, I grew up around a lot of like, uh, Republicans, right. And Republicans have this deep seated hatred of Jimmy Carter, where they believe he's the worst president in United States history. Uh, because he was stupid and dumb, but it's like, uh, it, I don't know. It's so weird to me that you hate him more than Wilson. Like the average oh, yeah. American, I, it's so weird. I don't know. That's just my own anecdotal personal experience, but they have a deep hatred for Jimmy Carter and yeah, he sucks, uh, but he doesn't suck more than, you know, Wilson. <laughs> Jesus. People who are, who come from a more centrist kind of place, um, uh -huh. especially people who grew up with either 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 parents who uh voted for mm -hmm. Carter or they were young when Carter was elected um during the Carter presidency the little Gen X people like that mm -hmm. um the the people who were there for it what i hear from them especially people who have less like partisan takes people who are kind of more libertarian or whatever or 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 mm -hmm. centrist tend to understand why Carter was elected in a way that a lot of people don't like he was a he was he was sort of an uncle type character. He's considered right. to be by some people he's considered to be like a like sort of a lame duck president. Right. Um but he was like an uncle who came in at a time where there were just had been so many strong personalities that he was just kind of a guy. 
and, and everybody right. just kind of wanted yeah. to vote for a guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Uh, I, I think for a lot of uh, people, like the people who hate Carter, uh, especially like primarily the, the, the people who think he was the worst president in United States history, uh, tend to value optics more than anything else. Like they th- feel like he made America look weak because he was a yes. idiot. That type of thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That and that, that kind of ties into the lame duck kind of thing where it's like he was ineffectual. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which really is concerning to me when people are like, well, what would you have had him look tough? Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Because it was before Carter. Uh, let me see. Before Carter was Ford. Uh, no. no, 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 that's a lie. Was, before uh, Carter Nixon, was a right? Nixon. You're yes. it was Ford. Well, no, it was. Wait. Yeah. I... Yeah, it was Ford. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah okay, that's Ford. right. Uh, Nixon, Ford, Carter. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan. Yeah, okay, so it was Ford. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a... I was going to say, I'm like, wait, where was Ford then? Okay, yeah, that, that, that's right. Well, that was one of the things that, uh, if you watch, and I've, I've, I've told people to go back and do this, if you watch the old 1980, uh, 1981 presidential debates mm-hmm. um, between Reagan and Carter, they are fascinating in their prescience, I think, for what's happening now, especially with the with the financial crisis um, mm-hmm. that was happening at the time. Uh, I mean, that was one of one of Reagan's big points. I think I've said this on the show before, but one of Reagan's big points in, in one of those debates, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the October one. Um, one of one of Reagan's big points was that Carter had done what he said he wouldn't do, which was use unemployment as a hedge against inflation. And mm-hmm. um that that's a talking point that could easily come back in the next presidential election cycle. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that the, the Biden administration has used unemployment as a hedge against inflation or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Because the, the unemployment numbers have not sort of returned to normal in the way that a lot of people think they have or assume they have. And the, the quote unquote labor shortage, which people have talked about this, this labor shortage that exists. I don't think it's real. And I don't think it's real for this reason. How much have you seen about this labor shortage? Um, only only a little bit, not too much. I haven't I haven't delved into too much the way I know some other people have. Looking into it, I don't I don't think this labor shortage is real. I think what's actually being I think what's actually driving this is people who are gigging. Hmm. Okay. I think I think there's this idea of a labor shortage because nobody wants to work at McDonald's, but. When 60-some percent of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck before COVID, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people just kind of decided after COVID that if I'm going to live this way anyway, I might as well do it on my own terms. Right, right, right. And I think a lot of people are gigging who weren't before. And they're saying, fuck McDonald's, fuck yeah. Walmart. I don't need to work for some right. massive corporation. I can just drive Uber. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That, that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people are doing that. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 because the, the those corporate sort of what are considered to be unskilled labor or or low low sort of skill ceiling jobs, um, entry level what used to be entry level jobs and now people work them all the way up into their fucking forties. Um, mm-hmm. All those jobs are they fucking suck and working for a corporation sucks and there mm-hmm. is no um, they they don't they don't pay enough. They don't right. give enough in benefits. 
They suck. They just suck. Yeah. And and I think everybody kind of I think a lot of people, I don't want to say everybody, I think a lot of people kind of all at once said, fuck this. I don't I don't have to work for the man. If I'm gonna struggle, if I'm gonna live paycheck to paycheck, I might as well do it on my terms. Yeah, and especially like after COVID and stuff like that, I'm I'm sure that probably increased that that was uh, it it was incent more incentivized to do that. uh, Yeah. Let's say, you know, being at the whim of these corporations who would like, you know, uh, let's say lay you off in a second if things you know go a little bit bad. Oh yeah, if you if you've ever worked for a corporation, for example, I worked for Walmart for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and for a couple of different stints, I've worked for Walmart. Just you know, in college and and stuff like that, for for a couple of different lengths of time. Um, separate jobs, separate facilities. I didn't like transfer or anything. I quit from one and then had to do shit, and then went and applied at another one and, and worked there. Yep. Um. The second time I got fired by the computer because I had clocked in late too many times. Oh my God. But what the computer doesn't know is I was clocking out late every day. Oh, (laughs) they were keeping me overtime and they would always tell us, keep your overtime down, keep your overtime down. Because they don't like paying overtime. The image that just came into my mind was that meme of uh, Ted because image played said like the, yeah uh, you know, it's like, yeah it's very much like that but, but what it was i told my boss i was like i leave late every day like i'm you guys yeah. keep me here and then you tell me to keep my overtime down i don't know what you want from me and he was like yeah well the computer fired you so you, you like you don't have a job anymore the computer has decided you don't the have computer, a job the computer has decided. yeah walmart's ai has decided <laughs> yeah well you had so many times that you could clock in you know five minutes later or whatever uh-huh. and i had gone over and it was like no no you don't the computer decided that you're fired like you don't work here anymore <laughs> oh my god and i told my boss i was like i stay late all the time you keep me late oh. all the time look at my actual weekly hours i'm 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 damn near on 40 every fucking week and he's like yeah but that's not the computer doesn't know that. <laughs> you take you take your yellow and black bandana off and put on a red and black bandana. And yes, it's like, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's I mean, working for a massive fucking corporation, dude, sucks. Yeah. There's no humanity to it at all. Yeah, right. none whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's the um, yeah. <laughs> so i think a and lot you know, of people is, have decided to gig. Think, obviously yeah and you know the economy you know it's not great right now certainly but I, I do think it's always important to remember like look the whole concept of the gig economy is a is a massive improvement to like being well here's your choices well you know you either go to college and you know spend a lot of time in college and hopefully you get a good job after college or or you know uh you know not being able to do that and then being like almost practically socially ostracized for oh, yeah. many jobs even because you don't have a degree um or or the case where it's like yeah you're gonna probably go work in some corporate office that's life-sucking and it's just like you're just some cog or a number in some type of machine and it's mm-hmm. like well this is just super demoralizing uh, well so especially for people who kind of yeah nice. right well especially for people who kind of didn't didn't take the opportunity to go into a trade um, right. Cause that seems to be the move. The people who did that were the smarter people, uh, going mm-hmm. into sort of the 2010s and, and, and up to now, the people who mm-hmm. went into the trades were the, they, they killed it. They got it right. Um, 
And people who lost that or who didn't take that chance or now they've got all this student debt or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to live, again, 60-some percent of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. before COVID. If you're going to struggle anyway, you might as well struggle on your own terms. You might as well not have to worry about right. taking a day off because you have the fucking flu. Uh, right. Because you fucking want yeah. to. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no, there's no good reason to... Um, <clears throat> there's no good reason to work for the man when... Uh, the, he's not offering anything you can't get on your own. Mm-hmm, right. And I think that's what a lot of people noticed. I think that's what's driving a good chunk of the labor shortage is people are gigging. Yeah. They're just not going to go work for the man. It's, I, I think that's probably true. And, and you know, the, the whole I, concept, well, not the concept necessarily, but the, what the internet has given people, like the ability to like, if you have a problem, you can find the answer to it in a couple seconds. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you might not be able to implement the or the fix for the problem that you're having, but you can at least attain the knowledge instantaneously, practically, yep. at the t- uh, tip of your fingers. Uh, and yep. that's fantastic. And the the less and less um, these institutions are able to gatekeep information, the more people are going to be empowered to, like, do things on their own. And, like, as we've seen, you know... Um, you know, like college is not seen as as big of a thing as it once was, right? No, in fact, is, right? it's, it's seen as it's seen <laughs> as a bad idea in a lot of circles now. Yeah, unless you're going to be like an engineer, uh, like an astrophysicist, or a doctor, uh, or something like that, uh, college is seemingly less and less uh, important for a lot of people. It seems. Yeah. Well, there's the constant joke about like going to college for lesbian dance theory or whatever, but a lot of people. <laughs> right. A lot of people who have wound up sort of uh, with with no real prospects that I can just read that now on the Internet. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, and a lot of people who went to college for stuff that that they they have no prospects now. A a lot of those people didn't go for lesbian dance theory. They got real, real fucking degrees in stuff that used to be real, like uh, like, you know, journalism, for example. Um, Like they they went to J school and they learned how to be a journalist at a at a journalism school and then they come out of it and it's like well there's no fucking nobody wants you because yeah. you're you're a pain in the ass probably if you're a J school <laughs> graduate you're probably a pain in the ass <laughs> I went to school with some of you that's what my minor is is journalism <laughs> um and and you're uh and it, it, there's no money in it anymore. Um, right. Because everyone is a journalist, kind of. Yeah. It's like everyone is journaling. Everyone is, you know, um, bringing news to every other person, stuff like that. So, it, you know, it, it very much is a field that has been like democratized, really. When when breaking 911 is doing your job better than than you. <laughs> right. Like you, you kind of don't have a point anymore. It's just too expensive to employ right. you to do a worse it, job than breaking 911. A lot of these, uh, like these people, where like they're very because uh, a lot of journalists. I can't speak for I, I'm not going to speak for all of them because I'd be wrong. But the ones who are, get very uppity and insulted that other people would dare like uh, be an independent journalist, right? All they really want, truthfully, is class protection. Yes, they don't, you know what I mean. They don't really care that oh, this person could be sp- spreading false information. It's like no, he's doing something and he's not a part of the same class I'm in. And part and of that though uh, too is is from J school like the mentality oh, yeah. that they that they teach you when you go to J school you are the the, the gatekeepers the guardians of democracy you're the right. you are the fourth pillar of the government and you have to it's your job to keep people in line and to tell the truth and then they teach yeah. you in the next class about framing 
and how to how to maybe manipulate things a little bit. And uh-huh. and I had a class in J school that was legitimately just how to do propaganda. <laughs> it wasn't even particularly well like hidden. That was the uh-huh. whole point. And that was like and that's the kind of training you get in J school. Right. Outside of, you know, the 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 hourglass format of your average column and stuff like that. Like outside of that uh-huh. shit, it's teaching you how to do propaganda and gassing you up as a guardian of democracy. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it, like it very much seems like uh, for a lot of these people, it's like the more and more technology in the internet has uh, sort of allowed other people to break into their field without going through the gatekeepers. They feel like they're being robbed. They feel yes. like this was my thing, and now it's other people's thing, and I'm no longer special because of it. Yeah, and then when seven thousand of them get laid off across the industry in one in one swoop, it's like they're shocked, and it's like you're not paying attention. <laughs> Market forces aren't supposed to apply to me. Exactly. I'm special. <laughs> exactly. And the thing too that sucks is like the uh, it's it the learn to code thing doesn't really work anymore because uh-huh. too many people did that. <laughs> right. And now the AIs are going to code. And yeah. Now exactly. To, now we have to find something else. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy speaking of the AIs learning to code. There was a guy who was telling me that. Um, Telling me that uh, being a lawyer was going to be taken over by AI. And I'm thinking... I, I saw that. I saw that interaction you were having with him. Yeah, it was fascinating. It's, it's fascinating to see what normies think being a lawyer mm-hmm. is. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's fascinating uh-huh. to see what people think the job is. Because it's, right. it's, it's not that, I promise. <laughs> whatever, right. whatever you think it is, if you, if, you don't, if you don't have any experience with it or you don't know anyone who's an attorney and spoken to them, it, 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 whatever you think the job is, that's not that. <laughs> right. It's not something that ChatGPT can do. Spitting out wrong answers. I mean, I, I posted the thing that I had a conversation with ChatGPT. It just made up a section of the Texas Constitution. It just made it up. <laughs> it just invented it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Just like most politicians, it's just, oh, we found this in the text somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it's the, yeah, it penumbers and emanations, except for it's just even, it's just whole cloth made up shit. Like, yeah. I asked it, there's a particular article of the Texas Constitution, the the article about the jury trial, right? I can't remember what it is. I think it's uh, uh, Article 1, Section 10, maybe. But uh, I had asked it what that said, and um, it just made something up. It just it it started talking about how about who's uh about who is eligible to be a judge in the state of Texas, and I'm just like that's not at all what that huh. is about <laughs> ever. Nope, that's not. Maybe it's maybe it is fit to be a prosecutor. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> it's making shit up. <laughs> um, speaking of prosecutors, you like that segue. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did. That was smooth. That was very smooth. <laughs> and working with the cops. Uh, <laughs> this this came out a while back, and we decided on the uh, before we recorded the last episode, we decided to push this to this episode because the last episode, well, it was its whole own little thing. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, Ubisoft. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can just read the PC Gamer headline. Ubisoft teams up with the UK police to tackle, quote, the most extreme cases of online harassment and threats. Uh, <laughs> Ubisoft is a fucking narc now. Yeah. I, honestly, uh, this is, like, pathetic, truly. 
Like this is so. Uh, it's really bad. Like I am not usually a person who gets on like bandwagon trains to like uh like boycott, but I th- I would feel like a Ubisoft boycott would be justified at this point for that. Oh, I'll tell you um, what, man. I have hated Ubi Worlds <laughs> since um probably the I the, I probably finally got sick of Ubisoft Worlds in Black Flag. That's probably the game where I was like, okay, I'm sick of this collectathon fucking Ubisoft world. It's just populated with shallow, nothing side quests. Like, I, I, I really got sick of them at that time. We created this super large open world. There's nothing in it. There's nothing to do, exactly. <laughs> nothing to do but collect sea shanties. Um, and so, and, and especially when, I, I don't like the Assassin's Creed RPG games. I don't like very much of anything that Ubisoft has made since frankly since i was a kid and if i went back and played some of that i'm sure i wouldn't like it as much as i did then um like for example like assassin's creed brotherhood i'm sure mm-hmm. i would not like that as much as i liked it when i was a kid um a kid quote unquote i was in like uh high school when that game came out but mm-hmm. um so the from the story as the games industry becomes ever larger oh i was gonna say I, the whole reason i went off on that uh it makes me not feel guilty about not supporting this fucking stupid company oh, yeah. <laughs> and like the the assassin's creed franchise and stuff it's it's like mm-hmm. yeah okay now it's not just my hatred of ubi worlds now it's the fact that you're a <laughs> fucking like, snitch finally, they gave me a good reason <laughs> exactly <laughs> a, a non-subjective reason like this is objectively bad um <laughs> As the games industry becomes ever larger and players become more connected, the problem of toxic behavior has moved from a background concern you know to a major issue. Is? You know what toxic behavior is? Calling the cops on someone yeah! to go to their door because of something they said. Yeah, swatting that people. Swatting people is pretty against, fucking toxic. Yeah, we're against toxic behavior. So you know what we're going to do to combat that? We're going to send fucking cops to your door. <laughs> um... All right, now in a move that will become welcomed by mi- that will be welcomed by many, publisher Ubisoft has announced it's signed an agreement. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's signed an agreement with the UK police that will see the worst cases of online harassment and threats fast tracked to the force. What does that mean? Worst cases? Uh, it's the first such arrangement of its kind, and based around Ubisoft's Newcastle-based uh, consumer relationship center, one of five that the publisher operates globally. These places engage with the positive side of gaming communities, handle customer issues like refunds, and also deal with the toxic stuff. Uh, the Jesus Christ! I, I hate uh, first. Okay, by the way, who's, whose byline is this? Whose byline is this? Rich Stanton. Listen, Rich Stanton, your readers aren't fucking children. You don't need to... They deal with the toxic stuff, too. What does that mean? Yeah. You're writing an article. toxic stuff. This is supposed to be informative. What's the toxic stuff? Yeah. What the fuck do you mean? Don't include something that should be in, like, a headline tag to get a headline tag in the article. Explain the headline in the article. Don't, like, repeat the headline. Exactly. Delineate it. Please. The agreement is with Northumbria Police Force uh, and will see specialist officers training Ubisoft staff. Oh, my God. About negative online behavior, as well as Ubisoft having the fast track option for extreme cases where it's believed there's potential for serious harm or even threats to life. The police will then take the matter over and proceed and decide how to proceed. Oh, here's the fucking killer. This is a quote. Quote. We want to be on the right side of history, said 
said Damien Gloreau, uh, Gloreau, I don't even know how to pronounce it, fucking French, uh, a senior director of Ubisoft's customer center. Quote, we have millions of players and tens of millions of interactions, so how can we spot incidents? It is daunting. But at the, t- at the same time, it's very important, which is why we wanted to sign this deal and try to make things right. Oh my god. We want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. Glorio adds that this will only focus on the most extreme cases and estimates uh, estimates that less than 0.01% of the complaints Ubisoft deals with will end up being referred to the police. The majority of players yeah, I, I don't I, I don't, don't believe, believe that, that for a moment. I don't believe yeah. that. This yeah. is this is you're not going to get pulled over for violating the seatbelt law. Just let us pass it. Let oh. us pass the seatbelt law, right, please. You won't right. get pe- pulled over for what we promise. Yeah, yeah. And then what is it, 10 years later it's it's click it or ticket. Um uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's a very Texas-centric. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened in Texas when they passed the seatbelt law. It was it'll only be an additional charge if you get pulled over for other shit. Um, that's what they that's what they promised when they were trying to pass the law, and then they passed it, and it wasn't 10, 15 years later that now it's click it or ticket. Like that's a trademarked fucking uh, 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 catchphrase for the state of Texas: click it or ticket. Um. Glorow adds, yada, 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 uh, 0.01%. The majority of players behaving in a toxic manner will continue to face the tried and trusted sanction of having their accounts suspended or banned. Oh, God. And then, and then, and then a cop will knock on their door. Yeah. And say, please step outside. Yeah. Come with us, please. Fucking Count Dankula. Fucking, uh, nobody remember. does nobody, was nobody around for that? I, I guess not. I guess that was just memory old. Jesus. Um, quote, this isn't just a gaming problem. It's an internet problem, said Ubisoft's Andrew Holiday, who works on the team that deals with these cases of extreme behavior. Holiday gives the example of a recent case in Norway where, quote, things were said and behaviors displayed that hit our threshold for intervention. There was a threat to life or serious harm. The agreement with Northumbria police meant that after we flagged it, even though it wasn't a UK citizen, they were able to get Norwegian authorities involved. It was a lot quicker, more efficient and safer than trying to do it as a private citizen. I'd like them to actually be explicit about what they mean when yeah. they say these things. Like, like, what incident are you talking about? What is your threshold? What like, is the threshold for? Details. Yeah, what you're, is the threshold for intervention? Yeah, because you keep saying this, but you can say whatever you want. You can just be as ambiguous as you want, and then you can cover uh, yourself later when something goes bad and say, "Oh, well, that was our threshold all along." If I'm playing, uh, and then they can. If I'm playing a game with Ace and we're going back and forth and I tell him to kill himself, yeah. obviously right. joking, is that is that meet yes. the threshold? Right, exactly. Like like how many people in in OG Modern Warfare 2 lobbies who threatened another person oh, yeah. actually had any intent of actually doing anything? There isn't like, you know any. what I mean? Like there no, it's you're pl- you're online in a video game, you're likely thousand miles away from the other people. Like you're you the, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's insane. Everyone goes in there, it's performative. Like old old school like voice chat lobbies are works of art. Uh, oh yeah. They are. <laughs> oh yeah. Shit talking the shit talking that people there. do. Yeah. Everyone goes in there knowing they are going to put on a performance. Yes, uh, that is what, what happens. Like, Ugh. 
from the story, quote, policing changes continually, demands evolve, and we have different challenges all the time, said Detective Chief Superintendent Deborah Anderson. You got the fucking titles there, Debbie? Uh, quote, our job is to involve with it. Evolve with it, I'm sorry. Um... Uh, uh, Alderson says she wants to see this arrangement replicated by other publishers and police forces. And while this agreement has been in the pipeline for a while, it's also been used to help inform a blueprint for how it can be applied more widely. <laughs> uh, oh, also, God. Like, okay. Go ahead. Uh, Rich is going to editorialize for us a little bit here. Are you ready for this? Oh, good. Are you ready to hear uh, Rich's yes. thoughts? Oh, I'm still ready. Um, yeah. <laughs> In a better world, we wouldn't need such things, but alas, we live in this one. Even as a grizzled old warrior who's seen his share of trash talk, I've come across stuff in gaming communities over the years that would turn your hair white. And while the UK doesn't have this specific problem, it's impossible to miss how despicable practices like swatting have become more prevalent both across gaming and the wider online ecosystem. What do you think this is, you stupid fuck! Oh my god! I am, I am blown away. Wow! This fucking idiot. Swatting's super dangerous, and that's why Ubisoft should do it to people I don't like. Oh my god. Many bad behaviors online are minor and can, can and should be dealt with in-house, but for extreme cases, cooperation like this seems both sensible and essential. This deal is the first of its kind. It won't be the last. At a fucking threat, Rich! <laughs> what does extreme cases mean? Nowhere in the article what? is it described! <laughs> I am I am just absolutely flabbergasted. You know, you know what's really bad, Dean? What? Swatting. Yeah. Yeah. You mean turning so, the cops on people who did nothing like Yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. I yeah. agree. Uh, you know what we should do about it? Leave it alone. Swat. Oh Swatting. fuck. You're right. We have to. We have to swat people, because swatting happens. Yeah, we are swatting. Jesus Uh. Christ. (sighs) Let's look at this dude's other fucking outlets. Ars Technica, Rich. Rich has written for Ars Technica, Eurogamer, Games Radar, uh, GameSpot, The Guardian, IGN, The New Statesman, fucking what? Polygon, of course, and Vice, of course. (laughs) Polygon and Vice, wow. Yeah, he was the (laughs) editor of Kotaku UK. Imagine my shock. There's a trifecta right there. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he wrote a book called... Is this guy uh, uh, from the UK? Is this guy from the UK? Yeah, it seems that way. Okay, whenever, uh, whenever, like, they start... Whenever, like, British people start talking about, yes, we, we love cops, you know, whenever oh, they yeah. get into that, I just become so Irish. Like, why am I... what I mean? Like, come out, ye black and tan, starts going through my head immediately, and it's just like, mm, yes, <laughs> Re- reclaim your homeland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find, I think, is this Rich Stanton? I don't know. Uh, here's a Rich Stanton on Twitter. 
who is, uh, yeah, his location says Bath. So, yeah, he's from the UK. Um, if this is the same guy, I think it is, because it's all video game shit on his Twitter. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so even if you're a normie, even if you're someone who does not hate cops, um, and you think, you know, cops are, they're necessary, you know, they do bad things, you should hate this too because oh, yeah. it's taking resources away uh, and time away the cops could be using it to actually it, theoretically deal with actually serious shit yeah. and you're instead going to be sending using those resources to SWAT people who said a no-no word. Policing people's game. speech in a fucking lobby yeah. uh, on, a, on an yeah. Ubisoft game. What what, what yeah. even ha- Okay, what the division um... Yeah. I was gonna say what? How many Ubisoft games actually have like integrated voice real, chat? Like wow. yeah, voice chat and real multiplayer systems. The Division uh, and Rainbow Six Siege is that it? I guess I think those are two. Yeah, those are the I, off the top of my head. Those are the only two like multiplayer titles Ubisoft has. This isn't this is that much of a problem in Rainbow Six fucking Siege. Right. <laughs> how's Treyarch and how how's Activision and and Treyarch dealing with this? Ask them right. how to how to handle this problem. Yeah, have, the answer is they have don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, they've encouraged it because they've added proximity chat to the latest Warzone. So now, when you're killing people in the game, you can talk to enemies real time while you're killing them. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, it's a beautiful system. It it just works. <laughs> oh it god, it just works. Oh man, that's got to be horrible. The shit said has to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have played a few games with some people, uh, and it is h- hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, really fun. I, I am. I, I just don't. I don't believe it. I can't. I don't get this. Um, I don't get this. I just don't um, get it. I, I don't know. And, and also, the story saying like, what is what is extreme enough? To mean you get the cops called right. on you. Can you tell me? Right. Can anyone yeah, tell me? What do they mean by extreme? What do, what does extreme mean? Like if you just use these ambiguous terms and you don't actually say what you mean, like what is extreme uh, detail, then you're just using that as cover. You that's you're just giving yourself cover so in the future you can retroactively say, oh, this is what they meant. Yeah. This yeah. is what we meant by well. Extreme. It's like a terms of service, like like level of vagary, right. where it's like, well, whatever right. we say is extreme, is extreme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking nuts. And also, I mean, this is another thing. What what's the? How do you go at like? I don't. I don't understand how you possibly go after this. I guess. I guess that's. Here's the thing. I I don't I don't fucking live in the UK. Yeah. I don't know what kind of restrictions people live with every day. How much self-censoring people do like culturally as a rule. I don't know. I don't know how much you have have to be mindful of what you're saying um in the UK. I don't I don't know what it's like to live under that. But mm-hmm. from where I sit, I have no idea how you can possibly police something like this anyway. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I. Yeah, ultimately, I don't think that. I hope at least uh, this is not really enforceable. I feel like this is just a gesture, right? They're trying sure. to, uh, you know, uh, appeal to maybe the worst people <laughs> who are like who claim to be anti-swatting but are actually very pro-swatting. Uh, you know, um, 
those types of people. They want to they want to appear as oh no, we're just you know concerned about our players, and that's why we're going to send the cops on some people who say no no words. Right. And the purpose too. This is something that I don't know if it gets overlooked, but the purpose of like shit talking is not to like scare somebody. The purpose of right. like if you're if you're shit if you're let's say let's let's roll back to the old modern warfare lobbies and, and someone's like uh, I'm gonna come to your fucking house I'm gonna rape your mom I'm gonna fucking kill your sister like if someone's going through all right. that and, and doing the point is not to make you afraid that's actually going to happen the point is to make you angry. <laughs> The plan right. is yeah, to put you on it's tell. To elicit a response. It's a right. it's to elicit a response. Yeah. Right. The point is to put you on tilt so you play worse. That's the that's well, yeah, the and that's the underlying it, logic. It, it's that and it's also to make them seem like alpha, you know, in the in the arrangement. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? To make kind of they're uh, gassing themselves up also uh as well. Um but it's also to make the other person angry for sure. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, and as we as we said before, when you go into those lobbies, most people understand it's a performance. It's performative. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the players are behind a screen that's, you know, they're saying things that they would not actually say in real life to someone's face. This yeah. is not a real thing that they would ever act upon. You it's know? not real life. Uh, the internet's not real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, I'm just reminded of that thing from Arthur. You know, uh, that thing. It's like, oh wow, you think people would really log on the internet and tell lies? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some buster. From <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's exactly that. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know how you. I, <clears throat> yeah. I, I also, but also, like some of the funniest moments uh, I can think of in like video game history come from player-made moments of like oh, voice yeah. chat. Uh, yeah. That is like that is the bread and butter uh, of video online video gaming. Um, is voice chat. Uh, actually, here's a clip, a funny clip. Uh, speaking of like the proximity chat thing in uh, the new Warzone, uh, there, there's a, a clip that went around. This is from Hunter TV. He's a, he's a content creator, but uh, it, it's a really funny instance of proximity chat uh, where he's executing another player and the other player is like, no, kill me. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, it has to load. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Oh wow! I need that on the soundboard. I need that on the soundboard. (laughs) That is funny as hell. Those are the types of moments that you only get when you have like, like open range Wild West voice chat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah! Oh (laughs) yeah! Oh yeah! It reminds me. Let's see if I can find. Here it is on the soundboard. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just i don't i i i I don't understand how you police this i really don't and ubisoft uh, what's really terrifying about this is like somebody in the 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 cops reported somebody in norway to norwegian authorities yeah (laughs) so they're 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 this is a an international fucking international narc ring that Ubisoft yeah, is enabling here. Yeah. Ugh. It's disgusting. And how Narcs dare you, us. Rich Stanton? How the fuck dare you yeah. write this article? <laughs> you know, some players get, can get swatted 
Uh, yeah. That's a, a more prevalent thing nowadays. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm, how interesting. Well, yeah. I wonder what we should do about that, Rich. Yeah. If the publisher of the game does it, I guess it's not fucking swatting. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Who owns? Uh, is does Vivendi still own Ubisoft? Um, I don't. I don't remember. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Ubisoft is owned by. Come on. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. They're still privately held by the. Uh, not privately held. It's a 10% ownership. They're a public company. 10% ownership of the, uh, the Guillermo family. Guillermo. I don't know how. It's fucking French. And 10% owned by Tencent. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The fucking Chinese. Who, who'd have guessed? <laughs> who'd have guessed the Chinese would be a fan of a system like this? Jesus. I just, I just don't understand. I don't get it. That's another weird thing, is the amount of fucking Chinese money in Western video games. It's such a it's such a weird thing. And it's affected shit really badly. Do you remember the uh when um Activision Blizzard uh there was that oh. that player, the Hearthstone player. Yeah. This was a while back. A Hearthstone player, they basically took his bag from him because he was um he said uh free Hong Kong on a stream. Yes. During a competition. Yes, he did. Yes, he did, and I, I they kicked him out, I believe, uh, yeah. and I don't think they ever reinstated him, did they? I, I'm, I haven't kept. Up I don't think they did either. I think they they I, stripped I, his I, titles and his money, and they they might have given him back the titles, but I don't think they gave him back the money. Yeah, that is so scummy. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's all because of like Chinese investment. Activision yes. Blizzard would have no reason to give a fuck about that if not for Chinese investment. And it's also in movies as well. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Like, uh, the, uh, if there's any gay character or gay, uh, uh like gay kiss scene in a movie, it, uh, uh that completely uh, disappears from the movie on the Chinese movie. The classic yeah. Star yeah. Wars yeah. slug, the yeah. big slug the, guy from Star Wars who yeah. they put in <laughs> to block the gay kiss in the background. <laughs> I think that's that slug character has his own like Reddit page fan oh, page yeah. dedicated to it. Oh yeah, there's like a whole fan community around this slug just calling out Disney yeah. basically for yeah. doing that. Yeah. And, and also uh, all the black characters on the posters are really really tiny on the Oh Chinese yeah, sho- shoved into the background. Yeah. Even if they're main character. Yep. Exactly. This oh is a uh, this fucking the Chinese, man. I can't I can't wait for that fucking state to finally fail. That's going to be a glorious day. Yep. They've been on an economic knife edge for like a decade now. They've got to go down eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, you remember those videos of like their infrastructure where someone would like just go and start peeling some of their road off? Like, oh my God. Like there was a, like it was like an underpass with a bridge and one of the columns, someone just walked up to it, peeling off like chunks of rock, like just with their hands. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it's bad. Boy. This is uh, this is not great. Well, everyone was praising them. If you remember in early COVID, everyone was praising them for building those big those hospitals out of containers and stuff. Yeah. Those and they immediately fell apart. Was, uh, praising them after COVID, they, but they immediately fell apart. I know, I know. 
<laughs> they lasted like a month before people were uploading videos from inside of them with like rainwater coming in through the top. Yeah. But they're, no, they're totally going to invade Amer- mainland America, Dean. That's, that's totally going to happen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Curtis Yarvin, after COVID, praise that? Yes, after COVID. Uh, Curtis Yarvin wrote a Grey Mirror piece um, where this was like long after COVID. This is right when COVID like really started dying down. And he was talking about like he was praising China's policies and saying that America should have instituted a more Chinese lockdown. Uh, to stop COVID. Oh yeah, the zero COVID policy where they welded people in their apartment buildings and they welded yeah. people in their homes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Curtis yeah. Yarvin said, "Yeah, we should. America should have done uh, something more akin to that." Yeah. Well, I guess send bachelors for that. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> see how that fucking goes for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that was that. That is insane to me. That's that is crazy to me. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you justify that? How did he justify that? <laughs> well, his argument was that um, America uh, essentially uh, did like a, a middle of the road type scenario where they locked down, but they didn't really lock down strong enough to end the spread of the virus uh, uh, effectively. That's true. So I would agree with that. Yeah. So he kind of just like we're in this lag, this like a uh, limbo stage where it was like this this uh, n- w- thing where nothing got done and he thought well if we have these strong uh, um, lockdown policies like really strict uh, and he even said people could, can't even go to the store the government would just deliver food to you that was something he points at in his so uh, but, but, like, but then that's not a strict but, lockdown though because somebody's got to do that like they're not going to do it right with exactly so, right exactly uh but but essentially his argument was that well if we did that then you know uh the covid thing might have been over sooner than if uh you know uh than what america did um, i mean that's uh, i mean that that's plainly bullshit because it's an international problem but right. like you can't really control how uh like for example you can't control how like some Eastern European country locks down if they just choose not to, you can't control that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, dumb. But also, uh, as someone who has had, uh, as Curtis Yarvin, who has read Mises, uh, when he said in his article, the government will just know what you'll need and they'll give it to you. Uh, it was a really fun, and I'm paraphrasing. But I'm not being hyperbolic about what right, he said. Right. Uh, that is the gist of what he said. Um, that the government will know what you need and they'll deliver it to you. Uh it's like, oh, okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean that's not I mean that's obviously not gonna work. No. <laughs> but whatever you say, Curtis. <laughs> whatever yeah. you fucking say, dude. Pats his head, whatever you say, Chris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's cute, buddy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's. Uh, did we have anything else outside of the? Because the I think the UBs they hit the UBs uh, thing. We hit the we hit Carter. Yeah, I uh, was there anything else? Any, oh, there was I'm the not. I did want to hit on this. Um there was in Seattle. This is oh, another yes. thing that we talked about at the beginning of the last show and decided to push off. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> in Seattle, 
there was a guy who was freaking out. I don't know if this was, I've seen conflicting reports on this. I've seen that he was just really pissed off and he was just like yelling outside his apartment building. I've also seen that he was, uh, that he was having an, a, a legitimate episode, um, of some kind. Uh, and the police rolled up. Uh, there were something like two or three, uh, squad cars that rolled yep. up. Yep. And they had guns drawn on him. Yep, they were and, pointing guns at him. Yeah, and he was he was just kind of standing there with his hands up, like, don't fucking shoot me, don't fuck. Yeah, yeah he so, had a cell phone in his hand, and now, and he told them that he's like, all I have is a cell phone. Yes, uh, yes, and they had yeah. no they 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 would have they would have fucking shot him for having the cell phone in his hand. Um, yeah, even though he had it when they rolled I mean, anyway. So, um, right. so the 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 neighborhood, everyone who's kind of around this situation all kind of leaves their, their, their various abodes and start yelling at the cops to get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. This is a, a, one of those like heroic moments caught on video type situations. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's like they, all the people are like all the neighbors around start yelling at the cops to get the fuck out. Uh, they're saying go away. Uh, you know, he's not dangerous. Um, like go away. I think there's one guy who yells. Yeah. I think there's one guy who yells, uh, the only people putting anyone in danger is you. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think him or another person says, we're more scared of you than we are or something like that. Yeah. You're the only danger here. Yeah. Oh, my tablet lost connection. I'm having trouble pulling up the audio. Um, I can do that here in a second. It was a, it was, let oh me yeah, pull I have up to quote here. We're much more scared of the um the guy yelled. We're much more scared of the fucking police in this situation than this guy. Yeah, that is that. It was a it was a really yeah. It was a really cool kind of moment. It was yeah. And this was in the uh, this was in the in the Capitol Hill neighborhood. And so this is the the same neighborhood, as I understand it, this is the same neighborhood that a lot of the uh, Antifa stuff went down and things like that. So these people are obviously going to be coming, most likely at least, from a sort of leftist sort of position on this that seems to be the type mm-hmm. of people who live here. Um, but that's, I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's who's there. What it is to me is it's proof of the idea that a community can tell the police to get the fuck out. Yes, yes. And, if and, enough people uh, you know, are around. It's, it's risky, especially, you know, you're being the first mover is always risky because, you know, if you're the first one to intervene, the, the possibility that the cops might shoot you is greatly increased, uh, you know, oh, in yes. some type of situation like that. But if a lot of people follow you, um, the cops tend to back down. They tend to just not. Um, a classic, classic example of this, right, is the Stonewall riots. Um, in, I believe, 1969, for people who don't know, the Stonewall was a gay bar in New York City. Uh, and at the time, um, police were, like, cleaning up gay bars. So they were arresting people, like, who were associating in there, who were, like, gay, queer, uh, you know, cross-dressers, stuff like that. And one at one point, um, they had had enough of this, and a lot of them were being, uh, like, resisting arrest. They were being unruly, as they should be. Um, uh, you know, or as was their right to do. Um, and eventually what happened 
is some of the people in the neighboring apartments saw this happening and left their apartments and started throwing bottles and bricks at the cops um, and, like, jumping on squad cars. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and said, we're not going home. Um, and then, uh, like, and then the cops, like, backed down, right? And that's, I think, one of the most, like, I, 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 that is the classic example of this, one of the classic examples of this. Um, so, yeah, no, cops will absolutely... Uh, you know, back down in most cases, if there is enough resistance where they feel like, again, uh, it's just not worth it for them at this point, they will just back down. Yeah, exactly. You have to make the situation more dangerous for them to hang around. Yes. Yes. Um, but this is a, here's the audio. The guy's standing there. He's looking at the cops down the road. He has nothing on him. The police are telling him to approach, and they, they are, they are, they do have spotlights on him. You want, you want me to walk up with you, man? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to walk up with you, okay? Everyone's keeping their hands pretty visible. Dude sits down on the ground. And one of the guys is now standing between the guy and the police. One of the other dudes. Oh, God. The cameraman, the guy who's taking this video, is, is walking up closer to the cop cars on the other side of the street. No one here has a gun except for you. One of the cops says the other maybe we should just call it off. They're standing there with rifles drawn. He's taking cover behind his car. This that, 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 that dude's recording as they're packing up and, and ready to leave, but he's like recording yeah. and stomping around and talking about how they had guns aimed at the guy. Yeah. I, I think the guy even uh, at one point in the video, I could be wrong because I watched it a week ago, but um, uh, at one point he's like, I, I'm just going to stay here and let you come to me uh, at one point in the video. Yes, that's when uh, he sits down. Um, yeah. He's like, I'm just going to sit smart. here. Yeah. Yeah. It is smart. It's very smart. Just fucking sit down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the, eventually the cops just pack up and head out. Yeah. There's a number no, that, of people on the street. That's a great moment caught on video, though. Especially the guy who's like, I'll walk up there with you if you want. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that, yeah, yeah. But, great. and everybody, the thing that everybody was doing is they had their hands out. Mm-hmm. Like, as they were moving around, if they were moving around, their hands were very visible. <clears throat> yeah. Which is, which is good. Uh, that's how you don't die. 
when that one guy yeah. walked up to stand with the dude who who they were drawn down on um he walked up with his hand out and he had one arm up recording and another his hand was like out in front of him in plain view of everybody mm-hmm. so that's yeah it was uh it, it was a an interesting event but to me it's kind of proof that like if you've got if you have enough people telling the cops to fuck off they will fuck off yes yes absolutely because it's it kind of sends the message that like as soon as you shoot somebody everybody here is going to fucking kick your ass right yep and then if you shoot more people for shooting that guy then you're in a heap of shit yeah uh, yeah it's only yeah. going to get worse for you yeah exactly and i think that's kind of the thing is that you you have to make it very clear it's only going to get worse for you if you hang out here yep so it, I mean, it's like that is like this is uh you know one of the great things the Black Panthers did uh in the sixties was their cop patrols where they would or the the police the police type of things where they would sit on blocks where cops were called and they just sit across the street with uh like they'd be armed with rifles uh they mm-hmm. weren't pointing them at the cops but they were just sitting there armed and visibly carry, uh, open carry and um they would just be like yeah we're just watching to make sure everything's going going on you know justly um and we're just gonna sit here and watch but it gave the cops enough hesitation to where it's like oh shit uh you know um if we do something perhaps uh wrongly we could face extreme costs for it immediately yes yeah and it, it, it that that whole situation just uh as a as kind of a side note that whole situation and the black panthers doing that in particular is part of what led to um the uh i cannot remember it was the reagan um was it the gun control act of 68 does it predate reagan i can't remember which gun control law was passed uh, as a result of what the black panthers were doing i think it might have been the gun control act of 68 I think that sounds about right. Yeah, but the whole point was was because well, of it was that. Sixty eight and the what in eighty four, right? With Reagan, um, there were two of them. Two ba- uh, in there well, there was yeah, there were there was one in eighty nine. There was another one in ninety four. There have been a lot. There have been a oh, lot. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 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 Um, there's been a lot of like creeping gun control legislation, but that was one of the that was yeah. one of the justifications throughout, throughout for American history. Throughout American history, uh, it is an undisputable fact that a lot of gun control measures have been uh, spawned from racist origins, uh, like <laughs> designed <laughs> explicitly to disarm black yes. people. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that is undisputable and and. I, I, in fact, some of the earlier ones were about freedmen in particular. So mm-hmm. there's really no justification for it. Um, that's actually one of the interesting things about Bruin, and I've, I've, I've gone on record before saying I don't really like Bruin, um, but it is one of the interesting things about Bruin is that, like you see in California, I think there's a California case at the moment, where they have to call back to those laws that are undeniably race-based gun control laws in order to show a tradition of gun control in a particular area. Right. Yeah. So it's, it is hilarious. The kind of laws they have to call back to in order to mm-hmm. make their case under the Bruin standard. Right. 
But anyway, that was that was something that we had kicked to this show to talk about. Um, and then I think I think that catches us up on stuff. Uh, we can talk a little bit about the um, the, uh, the Ohio stuff. Like, uh, so- oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The, I, you had mentioned that. Yes, the derailments and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so the. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. You go. No, I was just I, I was just going to bring up. I don't have a, a detailed uh, story in front of me, but um, I, I did want to talk about. There's been a few derailments um, uh, that have been reported after the Ohio incident. So there was another in, large uh, one, I believe, in Michigan. Yeah. I think like three cars were uh, sort of accordioned, and they were hopper cars. Texas. Yes, and, uh, and there was uh, one in so Texas I as believe, well. Yeah, yeah. So both in Michigan and Texas, I believe they were um, t- uh, carrying toxic materials. Um, so. A lot of people thought, "Oh, what's going on?" Right? There's a there's a lot. More, we're seeing a lot more of these. Um, and also, there was a, I think there was a some type of military aircraft, or I think it was a helicopter or a chopper, uh, crashed in Alabama somewhere. And this like spawned a lot of like theories online about, "Oh, what if we're being attacked and we're just not being told?" You know, especially uh, with like the whole balloon uh, craze that was going on days prior. People yeah, they were to, like, shooting down up, anything that was in the sky for a few days there. Yeah. Little Johnny was flying his balloon he got for his birthday, and then, <laughs> oh, here comes the, here comes the F-18, <laughs> ruin your day. Uh. Yeah, they shot down, uh, we were talking about before the show, they shot down, there was a hobby club that had a Mylar balloon up, and I think mm-hmm. it was at something like 40,000 feet or something like that, and they, they, they shot it down, they spent $40,000 missile to shoot down a hobby club's Mylar balloon. <laughs> America, fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so there have been, uh, and I think there were, not, on top of that, I think there was um, a, a, like a car crash, or like um, a, a trailer derailment on, on a highway or something that was all uh, toxic materials somewhere. Um, a bunch of these happened, and a bunch of people were like, okay, what's going on? What is, you know, the most plausible theory? And I, I, I think you have some statistics to back this up, but oftentimes, a lot of times what happens is that an event will happen, right? Some type of an event, it will get covered, it will get lots of media attention. And because of this, other events that have been happening in the past, but have just gone unreported normally, uh, then get picked up in the media. And yes. then it, it drives this perception that, oh, these things are new occurrences in the pattern of emerging somewhere. Yes, people think it's a new sort of thing that's going on um, because it's getting a lot of coverage every time it happens when really it's been happening uh, forever. Uh, it's just never gotten media coverage, so people never knew about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, that's not to diminish, like, the things going on in East Palestine, uh, Palestine right? No, because like, that's a particular uh, fuck-up, too. That's a particular kind yeah. of fuck-up that occurred there. <laughs> yes. That is, like, awful. Yeah, um, people have been uh, showing videos. Uh, you know, I, I can't in- verify. I can't independently verify. People there have been showing videos of like turning on their water, and then they added, I think, some milk to their water, and it started bubbling. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, there's and, been a lot of stuff. Um, there's there. Some people have been uploading videos of like uh, of some standing water that that has like yeah. like a, a layer of growth on top of it and stuff. Some of that is just yeah. bacterial or algae growth. That's right. normal. Um, so you have to kind of be careful what you're looking at on Twitter as far as what people are saying is abnormal for those waterways. Yeah. 
But apparently multiple people in East Palestine have reported that there are dead fish cropping up in the rivers, which yes. is unsurprising to me, but that is a serious problem. Yes, um, that is something that I've seen is that there have been mass die-offs of, of wildlife, especially the fish, um, and people's, people in, who are nearby the burn, they're, they're uh, pets and livestock as well. Yep. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I, I think you're 100% correct about it. The, 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 I think what you didn't, and I don't think you said it explicitly. There was kind of a conspiracy theory about like, we're secretly at war. Um, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. That's, uh, not the case there's okay. So the federal <laughs> yeah. regulations, um, set out that a reportable derailment is a derailment that causes, I think it's greater than $10,000 in damage. And, um, and, uh, or causes an injury. So the that's a derailment that is reportable to the federal government. Uh to the FRA or the STB. I'm not sure who takes those reports, but um probably the FRA. But in any case, so there are three there are three to four of those a day on average. Reportable derailments that cause ten thousand dollars in damage or injure someone. Uh, and that's that's that is the average for those three or four a day. Now, that is a uselessly low number if you're trying to actually count derailments. Right. There are 600 short line railroads in the United States. There are countless uh, things that are technically not legally railroads that are not governed by the FRA, but still are cars on rail type operations uh-huh. um you, like you might have things right. like this in large industrial plants and stuff like that um mm-hmm. there are something like 125 class one and class two railroads so there it's, like, it's like classifying a mass shooting as a shooting with more than one person involved yes thing, you know it's, it's exactly yeah. yeah well it's similar to that well because it, well it would be more like classifying a mass shooting as like greater than 10 dead you know what i mean uh-huh where it's oh, like, right, right, yeah. well, yeah, but there are shootings where three people die way more often than right. where 10 people die. Right. So, so it's kind of like that in this situation where that three to four derailments a day number is way, way, way low. Um, because most yeah. derailments are nothing type situations. Most, de- most derailments are you slip off the track, you know it, you stop the train, mm-hmm. you frog it, you, fr- you can frog the car back up on the, uh, back up on the track, right. which basically you pile shit up. I've seen it done with plates before, but you can also get rail frogs where you put that in front of the wheel to, as you move the train forward, lift that set of wheels or that set of trucks and shift it back over onto the track. And then it falls back into place right. and, and there was no damage. It's a, yeah. That, that kind a of thing happens. In a, techi- a derailment in a technical sense, but not what most people think of when they hear derailment. And even worse derailments, I made this point on Twitter, somebody argued with me about this, and I'm thinking like, yeah, that's not, you're, you're not thinking at scale. Um, there was a, there were there was some derailments that are bad, that you have to call in a crane to lift the car back up and put it back on the track. Uh, you can't frog it up and, or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Some of those derailments, you would not notice if you just drove by and you were like looking down, like from an overpass, if you were looking down a line of cars, there could be a bad derailment. You would not know, but there's a crane mm-hmm. on the way to lift one of those cars and put it back on the track. It just doesn't look that bad. Um, yeah. there are derailments that occur. Actually, I was talking to my dad about this. There are derailments that occur that, uh, that people don't know about. And he told me a story one time. Um, he knows of a derailment that occurred where a, uh, a, a flat car, an empty flat car, uh, split a switch. It was on the ground. And then as they approached another switch, it came back up on the track. It was a trailing car. 
Oh. So it popped back up on the track at, after they went through another switch. The switch frog actually frogged it back up on the track. But it had been it had been dragged on the ground for a while and in fact had like sideswiped a locomotive that was sitting stationary. But it was an empty flat car, it didn't feel any different to the engineer. Right. And that's how you know something's wrong, usually, is the engineer can feel the 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 mm-hmm. It's kind of like driving, but only slightly less tactile. But you can feel the difference, right? When you're when you're right. trying to, you know how fast you should be going, what kind of power, right. you, what you know, what your throttle position is, what kind of power you're giving it. You know what you should be doing, and something's wrong. Um, right. so you can feel those differences. Uh, and 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 so you can have a derail. The point being, uh, you can have a derailment and not even know it because the car frogged itself back up on the track at the next switch. Right. Right. So th- that to me is a greater white pill than there are three to four reportable derailments a day. But there are three to four reportable derailments a day, and it's not at all yeah. uncommon. In fact, this is another thing about those derailments that I, I didn't, um, I, I, I had forgotten about until just now. So, based on that Norfolk, what happened in the Norfolk Southern thing, um, if if the stuff that I've seen about it is correct, that derailment was actually caused by a safety feature. Oh, really? Yes. So what, what, what seems to have occurred so far is that they have these way, they, they have like wayside, uh, safety sensors. So like they'll have, for example, there, there might be a, there's like a box on, uh, off in the, in the right of way of the railroad that, that has sensors in it that look at various things about the, about the train as it goes by. And if, and if there's something that's out of spec, it, it, th- it it does what's called it, it, throwing the train into emergency, which when you when mm-hmm. you throw a train into emergency, what you do is you basically hit the brakes all the way down the train all at once. Okay, yeah, and that's 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 called it's called blowing up a train. If you if you're if you're a switchman and you're on the radio talking to an engineer and you say blow it up, that's what he does is he puts air to all the brakes all at once and and it. All the brakes, um, uh, all the brake shoes go to all the wheels all the way down the train all at the same time mm-hmm. in, in an attempt to stop. Uh, right. Well, what happens with fluid filled tank cars? When you throw imagine, imagine uh, like a bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. But that bathtub is moving at a certain speed. Right. I see where this is going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you suddenly. Yeah. You suddenly reduce that speed at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. The yep. fluid in the bathtub. Yeah, exactly. The, all the inertia is still moving forward, and the fluid in the bathtub is going to behave unpredictably. Yes. Because it's splashing back and forth, and that's real weight. You can, right. if you've ever. Yes. <laughs> you can see a, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's kind of scary, actually. If you bring, if you have tank cars that are fluid filled, fluid laden tank cars, and you bring them into the yard and you stop them. You mm-hmm. can watch the tank cars accordion back and forth at a standstill, uh-huh. but they're they're stretching the knuckles and then they'll collapse the knuckles and stretch the knuckles yeah. and collapse the knuckles all the way down as the fluid inside those tank cars is sloshing back and forth. It's heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. And so at scale, when you have a, a train of these things and you throw it into emergency, the physics gets weird fast. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and it appears that that is at least partially what caused the this derailment because that wayside sa- sa- safety sensor saw the wheel that was on fire. It picked up the heat from that. It was well out of spec. 
And so it threw the whole train into emergency. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, at least it appears thus far, that is what caused the derailment. Okay, okay. And that can yeah, happen. That if, you, if you bring a heavy train to, into emergency real quick, it, it, can cause a, it can cause a derailment. That's been known to happen. Because it's just so much inertia. There are so many forces. Like, you can have, if cars behind are maintaining inertia better than one car that's, like, in front of it, it can, like, lift that car, like, in a weird way. The shit gets weird, dude. Right. These things are heavy. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- it seems that, actually, the safety equipment is what might have caused the, the, uh, the East Palestine derailment in the first place. And so I, I say that to say, these things happen all the time, yes. and, and for reasons that are not always negligence. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it's not. I think. I think what your. I think your suspicion is correct that because there's a big derailment in the news, people have people have just started paying attention to that more, and the news is covering it more because yep. there's a big derailment in the news. So, and that's what's getting eyeballs. So, show more derailments. Right. Uh, that's what the yeah. people want and right now. Now people think there's a pattern. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Now people think it's some un 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 uh. Now people think it's an abnormal kind of thing to have big derailments like this on a fairly regular basis, when in reality it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think people are more, like, to be fair, I think people are, like, worried about, like, the the spilling of toxic materials, because there have been derailments in the past few days, multiple of them, with toxic materials. Yeah, there Uh, were a couple. The the Michigan one was hopper cars. I don't think they were carrying anything toxic, but I think the Texas one was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, well, to be fair, in the other way as well, um, just because there is a quote unquote toxic spill, it does not mean East Palestine, East Palestine, right? It does right. not mean that that level. Like, if if there was like some toxic spill, most toxic spills get cleaned up and it's done. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's not the type of uh, fuck up that East Palestine was. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it, and, and honestly, there was, there was another thing with that East Palestine thing. I've seen a lot of, um, uh, I can't independently verify it, but I've seen a lot of reports from people who are saying that um, it has been all but confirmed that some of those cars in that derailment were mislabeled. Um, that the, so when you oh. label, when you label a car with hazmat, um, you, it, uh, the, the labels have certain codes. And that tells you, those codes tell you what kind of hazmat it is. For example, you, yeah, might, yeah. Have a, you might have a four-number code for, like, used oil, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that tells emergency responders, okay, this is used oil in here, if there's a derailment like this. Um, however, the FRA is an incompetent organization. And it does not always know what it wants people to placard cars with. So mm. there's two possibilities. If, if they were incorrect about what was in those cars, there are two, re- there are two possible reasons why. Um, assuming, of course, that the car was mislabeled. One possible reason is that the FRA was telling people uh, improperly uh, how to label these cars. For example, there's uh, I, I know of a a guy who deals in um, in crude oil. Like it's really shitty crude oil. Uh, and what they do is they basically he 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 transloads it and then takes it to uh, get what is better oil condition. He get it get it get it conditioned and sort of add some marketability to it because it's shitty crude oil and you have to condition it. 
So, mm-hmm. so he, uh, they changed his placard three or four times. Because the FRA was like, well, this is it. There's no way this is crude. This has got to be used oil. It's all dirty and shitty. Well, no, it's crude. It's just dirty, shitty crude. And it was placarded as crude. And they were like, nah, you got a placard that is used oil. And then another guy was like, well, there's no way that's, that's not used oil. Those are placarded wrong. That's this other thing. And, and so they put a different placard on it. And, and so the FR, and that's different FRA guys at different places making different rulings. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So there's yeah. a, a very real possibility that it's the FRA's fault if it was mislabeled. Mm-hmm. Um, the other possibility is that the, uh, whoever loaded it, because Norfolk Southern probably didn't load it. Um, I would say it's highly unlikely that they loaded it. What they do is they move things from one customer to another. So they, the, 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 the people who fill that car are the people who placard that car. Mm-hmm. And Norfolk Southern, the, the, the railroads don't inspect what's in the cars. There's no way to. They're sealed. They're sealed mm-hmm. at the place that they're loaded, and they are to remain sealed until they get where they're being unloaded. And so the, it is possible that they were mislabeled because it's something else that has a higher transit uh, cost because it's more mm-hmm. dangerous to, to carry across Norfolk Southern's railroad, and so they charge more. And so the person who loaded it labeled it as the wrong thing because it's cheaper. That's also possible. Um, and so there are a number of reasons why something could be mislabeled. Very few of them. <laughs> uh, none of them really yeah. being Norfolk Southern's fault. So this is a weird thing where, you know, I was talking earlier about how North, Norfolk Southern's trying to cover this up. I, th- I still think they are. Um, yeah. um, it's funny you say that. I just saw a, a tweet. Um, and this is from a video where they spoke to the CEO of Southern. And he, uh, apparently he says he's terribly sorry for the direction. And the company is offering $1,000 per person within that zip code. Um, that seems very uh, low if people get sick from that, you know? Yeah, no one's going to take that deal because there's already a class action filed. Right, yeah. If that's a settlement offer, it's not a good enough settlement offer. Right. If it's like if people do indeed get sick from that, that's not going to cover their medical costs. No, um, not in the slightest. Yeah. And it wouldn't cover the cost of people who, like, for example, maybe they can't use their. Um, I mean, there, there's yeah, a possibility people can't use their wells. There's right. a there's a possibility people can't use if they've got running water on their on their land. There's a possibility they can't use that creek or river or whatever it is. Yeah, because um, there was a report uh, a couple of days ago that it it is in the Ohio River. Um, yeah, and that's going to be going so. down the entire. That's going to affect the entire Ohio River Valley. Yeah, yeah. So there's there there's a there's a very real possibility at at, at actual damages far exceeding a thousand bucks. Right. Like they might have made it to where people can't operate a water well in some places exactly yeah which is not good (laughs) not being able to use the water on your property is a is a uh yeah a a massive problem yeah so that's a that is a weird offer that's a very weird offer Mm -hmm. but you know what's going to happen is that if this whole thing was the fault of the emergency braking system Detecting that wheel that was on fire and putting the, the whole train into emergency, 
you know who is actually going to be at at bottom as this case develops. Norfolk Southern is basically going to blame whoever last rebuilt that wheel. Oh, for sure. 100%. Whoever last rebuilt that wheel, and then they are going to blame whoever sold them the bearings for that wheel. Yep. Because yep. that's how a wheel catches yep. on fire. The bearings, uh, the bearings wear, and then you get increased friction, and then a flashpoint and, and fire. Yep. So, so that's the... I mean, that, it, it, I mean, Norfolk Southern could walk away from this with clean hands. Theoretically. Yep. Um, which would be, again, I think they're covering it up to some extent. I think they really, I think the, the local government in those areas are really kind of beholden to them Mm -hmm. and they're doing a a real good job of kind of keeping shit under wraps or trying to, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know. Just looking at, looking at all the stuff since, since we last spoke about it, looking at the stuff I've looked at, I'm, I actually don't know if Norfolk Southern has liability here. Um. At least, at least any greater liability than, for example, the people who rebuilt that wheel last. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really, really weird. But it, it, or 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 it could come out that all three guys who were in that locomotive were on their fucking phones and they weren't inspecting their train as they went around corners and stuff, right. and they, you know, right. they, they they were negligent. That that could come out. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But. In any case, yeah, it's a, it's a, the, your, your suspicion is correct. This kind of, there are derailments like this where cars will accordion and stuff like that on a fairly regular basis. It doesn't happen all the mm-hmm. time. It's not every day, but it's a fairly regular basis. Something like that happens and it's just being covered a lot more now. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what's really, what, what I think is the, the sort of funnier thing that, that kind of feeds into that whole sort of realm of, of, Wait, are we actually at war right now? Um, is the balloon thing? They're just shooting down yeah, anything yeah. they don't recognize now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and I remember um, Biden came out. Um, I think it was what, a day ago or two days ago, where he was talking about the unidentified uh, flying objects that they shot down, and he admitted that, uh, yeah, we don't believe that they were Chinese in origin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, but he didn't. He wasn't exactly explicit on what they were, and that led a lot of people. To well, I think it's because one of them was the the fucking little mylar hobby balloon that that yeah. club was <laughs> flying. Yeah. It, it's like, well, you know, okay, we have to apply Occam's. Do we think it's aliens? And do we think that you know that our uh, our United States government shot down alien spacecraft, or did they shoot down a hobby balloon? And they're too embarrassed to say what they did. Yeah, here, here uh, from Aviation Week, Hobby Club's missing balloon feared shot down by the USAF. <laughs> <laughs> a small globe-trotting balloon declared missing in action by an Illinois-based hobbyist club in February 15th has emerged as a candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by four what? heat-seeking missiles launched by the U.S. Air Force in February 10th. What? The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. God fucking nerds. Oh my I love god, them. what a name. <laughs> I love them. Is not pointing Wait, fingers you think the yet. Bottle cap balloon, you think the Bottle Cap Balloon Grenade is on the phone with their members and they're like, we're at war. Yeah. The US government. <laughs> <laughs> We've been attacked. The United States has declared war on the NIBBB. <laughs> <laughs> 
the circumstantial evidence is at least intriguing. The club's silver-coated party-style Pico balloon reported its last position on February 10th at, uh, at 38,000 feet. So I said 40,000. It's close. Um, off the west coast of Alaska. And a popular forecasting tool, the High Split model, provided by the National uh, by NOAA, predicted uh, projected the cylindrically shaped, uh, shaped object will be floating over the central part of the Yukon Territory on February 11th. That is the same day a Lockheed Martin F-22 shot down an unidentified object of a similar description and altitude in the same general area. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um. One I, the, I just I'm picturing like uh, it's Joe Biden, but it's him when, when it's George Bush to, in the mission accomplished banner on the oh, aircraft yeah. carrier. It's like you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ron him, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Ron Meadows, uh, the founder of the scientific balloon of Scientific Balloon Solutions, uh, said. Quote, I tried contacting our military and the FBI and just got the runaround to try and enlighten them on what a lot of these things probably are. And they're going to look not too intelligent to be shooting them down. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful sending out those uh, balloons to track the weather. They better watch the fuck out. Uh, the descriptions of all three unidentified objects shot down February 10th through 12th match the shapes, altitudes, and payloads of the small Pico balloons, which can usually be purchased for 12 to $180 each, depending on the type. <laughs> wow. So, wait, 12 to $180 versus uh, who would win? 12 to $180 <laughs> 40K heat-seeking missile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm guessing they probably were Pico balloons, said Tom Medland, a retired FedEx engineer and co-host of the Amateur Radio Roundtable Show. Medlin has three Pico balloons in flight in the northern and southern hemispheres. <laughs> These fucking nerds! I can't, I can't believe the United States government is attacking these nerds and their hobbies. Yes. <laughs> You know, someone there is on the phone. Someone's on the phone. It's like, I told you this day would come. We prepared for this. All the ham radio club is, we've been prepared for this. (laughs) You have some, there's some prepper in his basement. God bless him. Who is like, all right, I've been preparing my whole life. (laughs) First they came for the Pico balloons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on February fifth on February fifteenth, NSC spokesman John Kirby told reporters all three objects, quote, could just be balloons tied to some commercial or benign purpose. <laughs> oh my god. That is very funny. That is That's very, weird. very funny. <laughs> Oh that just makes me want to get one of those balloons and just send up as many as possible yeah like imagine imagine claiming that i made the united states government forty thousand dollars in military weapons grade equipment so that they could shoot one of my balloons out of the sky <laughs> the pico ballooning community is nervous about that the pico ballooning community <laughs> Is nervous about the <laughs> <laughs> <It's> nervous. 
about the negative attention by some members of Congress and the White House who have called the object shot down at altitudes of 20 to 40,000 feet dangerous to civil aviation. From my cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> will they take my feet off? Will they take my fucking feet off? <laughs> <laughs> Pico balloons weigh less than six pounds and are therefore exempt from most FAA airspace restrictions. Uh, three countries, North Korea, Yemen, and the UK, restrict transmissions from balloons in their airspace, so the community has integrated geofencing software into the tracking devices. The balloons still overfly the countries, but do not transmit their positions over the airspace. Okay, so they're not even regulated. Yeah. So there'd be no reason there'd be no reason for uh for uh for uh who is it that tracks this stuff? NORAD? Yeah. There'd be no reason yeah. for NORAD to know what they are unless nobody at NORAD knows about hobby ballooning. Right. They're literally flying under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The Pico Balloon Community. The Pico Balloon <laughs> Community. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're right. They're on their ham radios right now, like, sending uh, signals, like, that no one can decipher yes. <laughs> to their comrades. It's happening, friends. <laughs> Get your helium tanks. They're coming for <laughs> I, I hate the fact that these I, I, I hate the fact that these nerds are getting such a high profile now because it means someone's gonna come regulate their hobby out of existence. I and know, that bums I me the know. fuck out. I, I, I wanna get uh, some balloons just in solidarity. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll send them up too. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> what can I do to help the Pico ballooning community? I stand in yeah, solidarity yeah. with the Pico you, ballooning if, community. If, if someone in your family is uh, a member of the Pico ballooning community, have them contact us. We want them on the show. Yes. <laughs> we wanna... Yes. <laughs> also, let them know you love them and feel for them because their hobby could be in yes. danger. <laughs> <laughs> like these these little nerdy nerdy hobbies. People people love. I know it because I've got some. People fucking love these things. It's like, it's, 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 it's all it's the yeah. only respite they have from this terrible yeah. fucking world is the pico ballooning that they do with their friends, and now now it's in danger. And, uh, and then, yeah, some fucking F-18 is gonna send a hellfire missile exactly. right through the fire. <laughs> their hobby's heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. oh man! <laughs> well, we stand in solidarity with the Pico ballooning community. Uh, yes, we do. We understand yeah. your struggle, and we believe in you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pico ballooners' rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Oh my god. So that's what the government's up to. <laughs> Spending $40,000 a shot to take down some hobby balloons. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> I wonder if there's a, a pause on dare events at, at elementary schools where they let those oh stupid god. red balloons go. <laughs> yeah, 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 look, Johnny, look up there. Oh no, it's a missile! <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus. There's a, a bunch of balloons going up from an elementary, and the F-18 hits the balloon, and, uh, and, and, and like, Barack Obama's like, damn, we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> 12 to $180 a piece. $40,000 missile. Genius. Look at this as an absolute win. <laughs> <laughs> like, my condolences to the Pico ballooning community. But, you know, the economic trade off here is quite hilarious. It is. It, it really is. <laughs> I love the one guy in this article who's like, they're going to look like dummies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're not, they're going to look. Not too intelligent to be shooting them down. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. Oh man. Well, yes, I had totally forgotten about this. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> Cause that is the funniest thing. Oh boy. <laughs> So yeah, we're not secretly at war. The government just hates your hobby. Yeah. <laughs> the same as it's always been. Exactly. Oh, okay. Is that all we had? I think that's all we had. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good note to end on. Jesus Christ. Pico oh, ballooning community. Man. Oh, goodness. Okay, let's do plugs. Uh, I saw you put something yeah. up on Substack last week. Yes, yes, I did. So it's not the uh, big article. I'm still like um, revising a little bit, um, but I did. I did feel bad about putting out a lot on my Substack, like kind of would. So um, in between now and when I eventually do release my uh, the working on, I'm going to be putting up like, smaller articles. One of them released last week, and it is um, um, uh, the ones who, in quotes, the ones who want to win uh, will all defeat the ones who want to be left alone. That's a quote you hear a lot from. Or like in the post-libertarian crowd, and I yes. kind of like go into why that is wrong, um, why it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. And my essential, like, short argument here is that the government is also restrained by economic law realities, and the more times, the more technological advancement, um, the easier it is for people to uh, use that technology in way. In sorry, the the easier the ease of use of technology economically means that it is harder for the government to crack down on enforcing restrictions on it because it is so easy for people to ac accomplish what they want to accomplish. And I use the argument like piracy, right? Yes. Piracy is very much illegal by the letter of the law. There are no piracy movements, um, widespread, you know, legalized piracy movements, uh, in political discourse at all. And no. in fact, it's not really brought up because really, frankly, it doesn't really need to be because people do it and then like there's really like eventually every once in a while I'm sure they go after one person they can catch and try to example but widespread there there's like no you don't need to, to, to you don't need to fight a war you've already won exactly yeah so um they're the people who just go and commit piracy just do it and they rarely ever face any legal repercussions for it like yeah. even when the government takes down a pirate website there's five more that come uh, spawn in its place right? the most they get um, is a letter is from their isp and all that teaches them is how to use a vpn 
Exactly. Right. So when when these things happen, um, yeah, it's always, always uh, or almost always the case where the, there is just no economic cost for the force it because the government, if the government tried to be a losing battle and they would have to uh, make opportunity costs in order to the which would reduce the enforcement in other areas. Right. So even yes. though the government is a parasitic institution, it does get your money no matter how you feel about it. Um, it still has limited resources in the way we mean by limited. It, it does not have infinite amount of. It does not have an infinite amount of resources wherever it wants at at its will, right? Um, so uh, all enforcement has a cost. All choices have of opportunity. Associated with yes, um, and the government has to try to maximize its efficiency, just like any other person or firm that wants to be the most profitable. So. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's basically the short thesis of my argument. Because, no, technology allows people to just be left alone and also make it so the government does not enforce things on them. Uh, yes, so it is possible. Yeah. And it was a it's a, the way you organized that piece is also pretty interesting because you you did it as a as you organize that basically as responding to particular arguments, and I thought that was a good way to organize that. Yeah, and I'm probably going to be doing that in the future, like little smaller. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Um, but that was that. Yeah, you can find that on Ace. And my Twitter is Ace. Man, dude, our Discord connection hates you. It literally just cut out when oh. you were saying the URL. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, speaking of that, so I've got a. Uh, uh, I'm pretty. I don't know Discord. I'm going to test. I'm going to be getting a new for my mic and see if that fixes it. Because when I tested it on Audacity, I heard it fine. So that led me to believe it was discord issue but now i'm not sure so i'm going to i'm going to um get a new cord for my mic probably sometime next week i think it probably um, is a discord there. issue but what's strange about it is it doesn't behave like a discord issue it's just random cutouts yeah. it's not normally you would expect like um you would expect it to sound bit crushed or you would expect um uh-huh. you would expect a discord issue to be latency or um right somehow affect the audio quality and not just be a yeah. straight dropout but it's a, it's just right. straight dropouts. It's so weird. And because, yeah, it is very weird. And because it's so random, it's made like um, troubleshooting very hard. Because I, I, I was I said I've been on Audacity a couple times testing it, haven't heard a single issue. Um, yeah. listening back. Um, so it, it could be that the issue is my microphone. Uh, that's if it, if if it's not Discord, that's my next most likely uh, thing. Um, so I'm gonna re- be replacing that. But because it's random, I might have just audacity and it might be like the core it could be um, i know i know but, i've only heard it when we like start the show because like even even before we start i think it there might be something that causes it to get worse as time goes by because i've i i haven't noticed it like when we're talking before we start recording because we generally would talk for you know uh you know 10 15 sometimes 20 minutes before we start yeah. recording um and i have not noticed it in that time it doesn't really start until we start recording so i don't know that is a weird thing. Then I don't know why that would that would work that way. I'm That's wondering weird. if maybe uh, it gets yeah. worse over time. Like it's just strange. I don't understand. No, it. no I, I think you're right, but I'm, I don't know why that would be the case. You know, oh, I, I mean, like I, I don't no know what idea. would be caused. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, back to plugs. Um, AceArcus.substack.com and Ace underscore Arcus on Twitter. Yes, and uh, I am pacing Joska on Twitter. J O U S K A. Um, probably not going to be particularly active uh, for this week because <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm taking probably the hardest test of my life and a lot of things depend upon it. So 
Um, <laughs> so that's I'm 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 probably not going to be around too much, but you can follow me there. Um, yeah. And that's that's go, all. Go send, go send me some uh, good luck wishes. Uh, yeah, I've and, been getting uh, I, uh, on Twitter. You know, I've been getting some messages. Uh, Steve, for example, has just sent me a message uh, wishing me oh. luck and and telling me to pick the right answers. And so I think that's <laughs> good <laughs> advice. That is, that is probably the best advice. Actually. Yeah, I can't exactly. Think of better advice. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for the well wishes. I have I have received some from people, and and that is much appreciated. Um. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Uh, that's, I think that's it. Thanks so much for yep. listening. That's the show for this week. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.